Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's my game of Kerplunk. For those of you who don't know what Kerplunk is, it involves a plastic sort of tube. Lots of kind of little different coloured plastic cocktail sticks and a lot of marbles and it's just the best game ever here's my Sid Vicious action figure who of course appropriately is in a yellow coffin shaped box and today I'm talking to Jennifer Jason Lee there was a thing about the house was needed to get overtime, that there was something in the contract. Oh, yes, the house got paid more than anyone. <laughs> well, than more any than any of the actors. Jennifer Jason Lee is one of those rare creatures to be born and bred in Hollywood. Her dad was an actor, her mum was a writer. She began acting herself. Uh, on television in the 1970s before she made a huge splash in the film world, literally with Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She went on to receive great critical acclaim for her performances in films like Single White Female, Last Exit to Brooklyn, Dorothy Parker and the Vicious Circle, Georgia, which was written by her mum, Barbara Turner. Uh, more recently, she appeared in Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight and was nominated for an Academy Award. And even more recently, uh, she starred in the Netflix comedy drama series Atypical. Jennifer and I first met when we were both on Broadway. She took over as Sally Bowles in Cabaret when I was playing the Master of Ceremonies, but we really cemented our friendship and our working relationship about a year later when we got together to write, direct, produce and act in a movie called The Anniversary Party, which was shot in Los Angeles in 2000 and came out the year later. And actually, the thing that I've taken from Alan Cumming Shells to talk about today is actually a prop from the anniversary party, but from a scene that was eventually cut from the film. So, Jennifer Jason Lee, I have in front of me, uh, it's a box, it's a little cardboard box with sort of paper I suppose you'd call it decoupage on it of a little sort <laughs> of little sort of funny little man with a beard and a deer and a little baby it's a funny little you know like a piece of colourful Chinese with Chinese letters on it and then on with that sort of little tape you know those, remember those old like printers that tape things that made and they were sort of indenta- yeah, indentations yeah squeeze yes. the letter out it yeah. says on it for Joe XOX, happiest sixth, you're mine, from Sally, XOXOX. 
And it is a little box that you actually made, Jennifer Jason Lee made and decoupaged and put the wee stickers on yourself. But it was used in the anniversary party in a scene that was actually cut from the movie. Uh, when we were, remember we were in the hot tub after it was like the day, mm-hmm. the day after the party and everyone had gone and we'd had the crazy times. And we gave each other our uh, gifts. Uh, so you get yes, sort of useless gifts. Yeah, maybe point. you get maybe the key for my because you bought my the key for the apartment. The key yeah. for the apartment must have been inside that box because there's a photo of us that I see on sometimes of us in in the hot tub like with our hands on each other's faces. Uh, and then Aww. yeah, it's a cute picture. Uh, and then I had to give uh, you gave me that, and I had to give you a Calder mobile, and it was an actual Calder mobile that was belonged to Kevin <laughs> Kevin Klein and Phoebe Gates, and I was terrified because it must have cost hundreds of thousands. Yeah, that of dollars. was scary, and we were in <laughs> hot water, in a hot tub, <laughs> literally. Yes, yeah. I can't believe they let us borrow it. I know. Bless them. That was so. That was incredibly kind. Really was. Yeah. The whole. Uh, do you remember making this box? Vaguely, I remember the. I love using that tape thing. Me too. I still have. I think I've got three of them, all printers, vintage, and they all still mm. work. But I, I, I kept it, and I, I kept a few things from the anniversary party. I've still got some cushions, and uh, nice. some of those little. Do you still have the bookcase. The yes, the red. No, I gave that to. I gave yeah. that to somebody. That red Aww. thing. No, I gave that away to yeah. someone. That was beautiful. Because it didn't fit in our new house or something. And uh, oh, right. and then I've got some of the um, lamp things as well that we had in the garden. And uh, yeah, that's a nice Oh, little... I have some of those too. Yeah, really lovely. That's funny. Isn't that funny? What do you put in those? Do you put candles in them? Or... They're actually hanging in the in the utility room from the ceiling in my place oh, in the Catskills. Mine are actually hanging in the basement. Oh my God! <laughs> How We're funny! So We're so like. And I still have the book. What book? The book that uh, Joe wrote. Oh, Tommy's we Tale. Made the cover. I've got that too. Tommy's yes, Tale. which was then the actual title of my real book. Ooh. Yeah, isn't that something? I know. Isn't it funny? That was a big thing about that film. We really. I mean, it wasn't art imitating life necessarily, but it was more like we used, we kind of blurred the lines of like what was fiction and what was yeah. real. And uh, I think that was a really great thing to do. I, I really enjoyed how that made people feel in both the audience and the actors. It was a. Yeah, and it was so confusing for people too because like certain people would read it and go, you're so hard on yourself. I'm like, that's not me at all, really. Right, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, but we also we also said, and we, we, we used our friends, literally, uh, to be in the, sh- in the film, but, and we also used sometimes some of their, some of their traits and some of their, you know, things that were known about them um, or, or played with them. But we also even used their, sort of speech patterns as well yeah their cadence yeah definitely well it was helpful i think to write for people we knew definitely and it made it so much fun as definitely, well definitely yeah we could imagine them saying it which i'm sure also informed how we wrote it absolutely yeah i think pr- you remember we would do these sort of terrible improvisations and out of that would come the script that's right but we would be sort of playing every all of our friends <laughs> um and uh the whole thing came about because 
Well, because we, we'd been in cabaret together on Broadway. You took over from Natasha Richardson uh, in, in, on Broadway playing Sally Bowles. And then I sort of, as soon as you uh, let, um, arrived, I basically, well, there's that thing where there was the, 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 the theatre closed for a month because a tower uh, next door, a big oh, tower yes. fell down. Awful, so yeah. the, the show was cancelled yeah. for a month, just about when you were about to come into it. And then shortly after we went back I went off to to Rome to make a film so we kind of didn't really get a chance to really know each other and then we stayed friends and then we sort of started thinking oh wouldn't it be fun to actually make a film with lots of people that we like and you'd just done something in Africa hadn't you? Yeah I'd done a dogma film mm. The King is Alive which was so inspiring because it really did feel like one of those old like Judy Garland Mickey Rooney movies where it's <laughs> Just like, let's just get a camera and let's put the show on in our own backyard. We can do it. Um, I've never heard a dogma film described as a Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney film before. It's usually all kind of... That's exactly what they are. (laughs) (laughs) Without the big studio. Yes. um, And without the musical numbers. But... Without the makeup. Yeah, just like the idea that you use whatever sound is happening that... The actors do their own makeup. That's a very lo-fi way of doing something um, and a very inexpensive way. And also shooting digitally because now that's commonplace, but back then it wasn't. Um, And that's why we wanted to get such a great DP also. So even though we were shooting it digitally and it wasn't high def at the time. No. um, I remember you came back from Africa just so excited about that whole experience about, I mean, not about the things like no, no lighting and no makeup, but about things like, uh, you know, how much freedom working on digital video gave you as opposed to film because you didn't, there wasn't that tension. and It wasn't, wasn't that, precious. No, yeah. that worry of you're wasting film all the time. Yeah, and it's so fast because they only used natural lighting also, which we didn't use. We actually no. lit. But, um, yeah, so on that, there were all, there was so much freedom and a freedom that, Again, right now, actors have all the time and directors have all the time working, but it was very new then because we were everything yeah. was still shot on film. And, yeah. and also the digital world was kind of frowned upon. And um, Yeah, we were the first the studio could, uh, picture to, to use digital, weren't we? Were we? Yeah, we were. And then also Star Wars was happening, remember? So all, a lot of the cameras yes. we couldn't get. Yes. Remember that? The Star Wars in Australia. They were all on Star Wars. I well, yeah. I, but I think I thought we were first. I thought we were the first one. Well, I'm gonna let you have that, honey. Because <laughs> why not? Oh, honey, let Let's me have that. it. Let me <laughs> you have, can have it. it. We were the first ever. <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> who oh, who is that that we're impersonating? Because you, that's you and Phoebe Elaine always. Rich, that was your old, old eight, your old manager. Yeah. Remember that time when that oh, guy so came to much. talk to us about it was sort of the start of having a like a an internet agent, a sort of a, one of our agents was sort of de- yes. developing all, and he was basically saying, "Do it, do it, you do it so well." He he, he was saying like you know about us having like maybe getting like basically getting endorsements for web things. It was all about that. He was talking about all these things, and at the end of end of the uh, <laughs> the sort of little pitch. Elaine, your manager, went, so let me get this straight. Alan and Jennifer get a website. Yes? <laughs> and he was like, mm, no, not really. <laughs> Alan and Jennifer so make good. a website. 
And I remember that, uh, right, talking of websites, I remember around about that time when we were doing the anniversary party, uh, like, it was that thing where if, you know, if you tried to get your own name, like I tried to get alancumming.com and some site, some company had bought every famous person's name and uh, was basically you could buy it back, but they would have to do the website for you. They would have to sort of, you know, you, this, basically you rented them to make your website. And I thought that was such a swizz. And, but what happened was that Julia Roberts, bless her, who knew she was such a kind of vanguard, she uh, took them to court and, uh, and, and basically this, this thing happened where you just had to like write them a letter and get them to, and you'd pay them $1 or something and you got your domain back, you got your name back, all because of Julia Roberts. Wow. I know. I did not know that story. See? There's more to Julia than meets the eye. Do you remember when we went to the... So we had this great DP, John Bailey, who'd done millions of films. And uh, it, was, it was his first... Uh, I loved that about him. He was this kind of, you know, big... He was so, yeah, Star, he was huge and he was very intrigued. And very intrigued idea of and doing very it. curious and very eager to learn and this whole new thing. And I did all these tests and I loved it. But, I, you know, and so we, he was learning how you light for video and all that stuff. And we were learning how, you know, all the different things about it. But what was funny, I thought, was the, the first time we actually saw a test. I remember because I, I came down from Vancouver. I mean, it wasn't even a test, it was like a cut of it or some scenes, you know, um, uh, projected we were both really disappointed do you remember that in some little screening room somewhere and we saw and there was a lot of tr- what do you call that uh yeah we were all no we were doing tests because what we realized was the tracing we had picked a house <laughs> we had picked a house that was basically a glass house because it was a nice metaphor for the couple yeah as well and um but digital doesn't do well with high contrast Right. And so suddenly we realized we had to figure out when we could shoot these scenes that were all up against glass with yes. the sun. Yes. Oh, is that what And it was? that's where we came into all this difficulty. And suddenly we had to change the whole schedule around. We could only shoot early. I think it was early in the morning, certain scenes that were in the day. And then as soon as it became night, it was easy. But it was high contrast stuff that did not do well and where you saw... Um, you know, you could tell it was digital and it just looked... Right, yeah, it was that weird tracing yeah. sort yeah. of slight thing. I remember us being like, oh my God, what are we doing? But it all worked out. We, we think. Talking of that house... Yeah, and it was all this pixelization. Pixels, and, yes, pixels. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Talking of the house, the house was this amazing uh, house in... in uh, Neutra. By Neutra, that uh, architect, Neutra. Uh, and um, it was so funny because the people who owned a house you know they kind of went away for a month and they rented it to us and we redid it and made it look the way we wanted to look and changed all the furniture but I remember at one point there was a thing about the house was needed to get overtime that there was something in the contract oh yes the house got paid more than anyone (laughs) more than any of the actors actors, (laughs) and it was terrible I mean it was worth it it was, it, was. A, it was a main, it was the lead character, but, really. But I remember being, I remember really putting my foot down saying, the house is not getting over time. <laughs> I, I remember, I was just incensed that they could do that. They could actually charge us overtime for this house that we'd rented for a month. So nuts. Yeah, and then remember, we rented also a house just a little ways away um, for where all the actors would come in the morning and get ready and have breakfast. Yes. Um, 
And that ended yeah. up being the same house that Phoebe and Kevin had lived in when they were out here shooting, I think, Dave. Oh, I didn't really, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. So small world. So, uh, and um, I know, worlds within worlds within worlds. And it was so lovely that Phoebe had not acted in a film for how long do you think before the anniversary party or before mm, pretty long time a long I time think. she'd stopped Very long she time. decided to stop acting and you lured her back I to the did. screen you, we lured her whole family yeah so kevin and phoebe played were, were played sort of uh kevin played an actor cal and sophia Ph- phoebe yeah. played uh, a, a woman who had been an actress and who had stopped acting and their two kids were played by their two kids and they were yeah. I thought that I just thought that was so great that they did that and, and also that they mined their own sort of lives uh in a way that was really great for the story, but also did that blurring of the thing for the audience as well. I really I really Yeah, enjoyed that. it's great when an audience it feels so lived in um in a way and that you really don't know what's what truly is the person and what's an invention. Yeah. Um, and also this relationship between you and Phoebe as well like that I love that scene where they, you stop there's a scene when we're we'd all take ecstasy and everyone's a bit out of it and they're all in the garden and you two are in the house having this big heart to heart and you you she's sort of giving you some hard truths and you don't want to hear it and you you walk away and then you turn around to her and and it's perfectly framed of course uh with the two of you <laughs> in profile looking at each other and in between you is this photo uh, like a a, a bunch of sort of a, a contact sheet from a bunch of photographs a contact of, sheet from, from up, Fast yeah. Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, no, no a fo- it's no, a fo- from Brigitte Lacombe. Oh, a photo shoot that Brigitte Lacombe did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wasn't it around about yeah. that time? It was after, it was probably like two or three years after oh, Fast Times. But yeah, more or less around that time. I, absolutely. And I love that. It was so great to have that, those to have access to that stuff to put on I the know, walls. because we became best friends on that film. What, so on Fast Times Richmond High? Yeah. Such a beautiful thing that can happen, which is also how our friendship came about, was from doing cabaret. Yeah. Because then you came back. And then and then when you came back, finally, and which made everyone very, very happy. Oh, I kept having it kept and, being extended and extended, I remember. So awful. Yeah. But then, yeah. And then we were all doing it together for so long. And then whenever you'd come to L.A. after that, you would stay here, remember? Right. Yes, indeed. And that's where we would. I remember um, when I remember one time I was stay, you came to pick me up. I think the first time actually I came was in L.A. and we, we met up and I was staying at like the Sunset Marquee Hotel. And I remember you rolled up in like, did you have a sports car? It felt like it was a sports car. Did you have like a. And I remember you were smoking at the time and the ashtray was just full of butts. <laughs> I don't think it was a sports car, but it was probably, you know, like, you know, some, just a, some average no, LA MVP car. Or something like that. But it was, it, it just, yeah. I just this vision of you and I think you had blonde hair and, and uh, I've dyed blonde recently and, and then, because it was, I knew you having black hair in cabaret. And I don't know, there's something about it, it was sort of such old Hollywood rock star sort of moment, smoking and, and you just right. sort of arrived at the hotel and said, hello, darling. And I got in and we'd, off we went to smoke. <laughs> off we went. <laughs> you never smoked though, right? I did too. I was smoking during the anniversary party, oh, actually. Did? Yeah, I saw some photos the other day of me. Yeah, I, I was smoking then. I, I go back and, f- well, I did then. I went back and forward. But we smoked together for a while. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't even. I tried to smoke in a movie recently and I vomited. Did you? I really, I can't do it anymore. You didn't have a so, real one though, did you? I, I did. I oh, had something should... light that I thought would be no, easier than No, you can't go back straight back. You've got to get those. I was wrong. Yeah, you've got to go those yeah, you have to do uh, herbal. herbal ones. I did a film a few years ago and I, I, want, I decided I thought the character should smoke constantly, you know, like an, and like do that thing of <sighs> smoking, like speaking with a cigarette in your mouth the whole time. And, right. uh, I uh, and it was fine. I had these herbal ones, and they, you know, it wasn't it wasn't nearly as bad. It made you quite dry, and but actually, I could do it, so it would come up my nose. But it didn't make you dizzy or nauseous. No, or no, not. I mean, maybe the first couple, oh, but well, cool. I didn't feel nauseous. No, it was it was sort Oof. of very gentle, actually. But it did quite made quite a lot of smoke come out. Um, anyway, the, the, so I smoked constantly in it, and uh, it was really hard with continuity as well. You know, all the different lengths and everything. And then, oh, the length of the cigarette. Yeah. Then um, when I remember it was in this film festival in San Francisco, and I went, and at one point, sort of the, in the sort of middle of the film, the young uh, boy character in it said, turned to me and said, "And will you please stop smoking?" And the entire cinema cheered. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were they were all so furious that I was smoking so much in the film that the entire cinema actually just cheered right at that moment. Not wow. nuts. That's interesting. But I remember actually just thinking about it. We, we were both such sort of smoker for a short time. We, we coincided our smoking together and also our sort of smoking detritus. Because I remember we went to a party, a Vanity Fair party, and there was these amazing ashtrays. I've still got one actually upstate. It said Vanity Fair on really heavy, clunky ashtrays. And we wanted one so badly that we pretended to make out. We made out at the party so that, so that we could actually... Really? Yeah, we, I don't remember this at all i do i love that we made out at the party sort of to like as a so people wouldn't look whilst so we're making out and my hand was going around and putting up the stealing the the ashtray (laughs) oh that's so genius you know shoot i wish i remembered that wow hilarious you've got a very good memory Hello and welcome to Out to Lunch with me, Jay Rayner, the podcast in which I take a particularly brilliant famous person to a top restaurant and grill them to a turn. In this latest season, you'll find me having delicious dinners with the likes of Patrick Keelty, David Hare, Nina Conti, Dame Eileen Atkins and Mary Beard and the reliably outrageous Miriam Margulies. Richard E. Grant was on that. He has a, a, an always compulsion to smell whatever's around him. Has he never come and sniffed you? <laughs> Probably wisely. No. <laughs> All that and so much more. So do join me, Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Talking of the anniversary party, uh, going back to that again, yes. I, I, it, it was one of these dream sort of jobs. Like, it, it, I, you know, in a way we were spoiled, I think, uh, because it was so... It wasn't easy, but it was. It all went exactly the way we wanted it to go. Like we had this idea, we asked some people to be in it. We had a certain window of time that we could do it in. We we pitched it. Remember when we pitched it and, and one of those executives cried? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, that was okay. Yeah, nothing ever comes together like that. No. It's true. No, it was magical. And also, everyone had such a good time making it. It wasn't like, and then. It yeah. was a disaster. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's no, like we, we, we got the financing. We got all our friends to sign on. We made it and everybody had such a lovely time. And it went and, it, and, and the editing process was great. And, and then it, it got accepted at Cannes and we went to Cannes and it, blah, blah, blah. And it came out. And it was, it was actually just uh, one of these magic. I remember just walking up the steps at the palais at Cannes and just being like god this was mm-hmm. such a great everything about this was just lovely that like you do it with people you like about a story about stuff that you feel is important and getting to say something you believe in and blah blah and it all just and then it all just it all just worked it was uh it's kind of yeah magical it was in that really way. fun it was a special yeah it was a very special why do you thing. think why do you think that was I think I think it was uh special because First of all, we surrounded ourselves with great people. Mm. We were very invested and on it, and it was a mm. creative endeavor. Like we had no production designer; that was just you and me. Like, right? I say, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> taping pictures up and going to furniture stores and asking if we, yes. and everybody was so big hearted. Yes. Like everybody loaned us things that would, they would never do. People were so nice. Remember. Um, the restaurant that gave us all the food for the party, yes. so it would look like beautiful food that would be catered, and yes, you know, just they didn't do those kinds of things, you know. Remember, also there was that thing um, we had uh, Antonori, oh. which doesn't exist anymore either, and we they even let us do our. We wanted to take pictures of our wedding brunch so you could see all these people mm. in happier days, mm. like even though it was only six years ago, like all the hope. Yeah. And we had a very specific restaurant and we said, can we come and shoot? And they said, absolutely. Yeah. They, they also really loved my mom. Right. So my that's mom right. Ate all the time. Yeah. And, um, we used to go for breakfast there. Some Sundays yes, sometimes. We would have brunch Yeah, there. I've got oh the, uh, God, there's, so uh, the, and that was the other thing. Jennifer Beals, who played my ex-girlfriend and who was a photographer, uh, was also yes. is a great photographer in real life and took all these pictures. We did loads of photo shoots actually of us at our wedding, and then there was like there was uh, various various shoots of various things. Yeah, she's incredible. So good. I've got a couple of hers still. And also there was we did a yeah, we did she's... a shoot. Remember we did a shoot up in the hill behind your house of us pretending to be in like backpacking in Thailand yes, or I something. Yes, I love that. After <laughs> yeah, it was so great. Like the next morning or like late we into the wee hours. Yeah, yeah. And also we went to shutters and we did getting ready for the wedding. Oh, that's right. And that's right. I've got some of those yeah, ones. Yeah, we did yes. so we many did loads. Photo shoots. So there was all these amazing pictures on the wall that were uh, a history of Sally and Joe's life. And actually, I think it. 
it really helped. It helped, you know, in the texture, like as in the back of scenes, and in, in, you know, you can see stuff right, on the and walls. Sadie Frost came in to be your sister, That's right? Just for the photographs. Yes, yeah, just for photos. So I think there was so much um, goodwill. Goodwill. Yeah. 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 And I think that breeds like more goodwill and enthusiasm. Like nobody came to set in a shitty mood, or no. You didn't ever have the feeling that people didn't want to be there. We didn't fight. I mean, it was really, yeah. we didn't, I mean, we're so lucky to have had each other as well because we went into it in a kind of naive way, just thinking, mm-hmm. oh, sure, we can do this. Yes. But it's a lot to direct together. Yes. There's a lot of trust and a lot of ease that needs to be there. I think it's, I think actually we were a really good team because. I think we are. Yeah. Remember, we said I, something. It wasn't one of our lines in the in the press junkets. Was that you know uh, individually we're sort of slightly dysfunctional, but together we make one very good, well-rounded person. Yeah. <laughs> one very healthy person. Yeah, one very yeah. healthy person. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> and I think also I actually really enjoyed directing with another person. I think actually the you know the the sort of idea that the director as God is a sort of a a trope that I don't really approve of and I, I think actually being two people I've really enjoyed I've done a few films with uh, with two directors and the very fact they have to discuss mm-hmm. things in to, with each other means that it's actually more likely they open it out to the group and it becomes you know everyone pitches in a bit more and it becomes much more of a a, a team effort and I, re- I really noticed that, mm-hmm. that just actually us having to discuss things made it more everyone felt more involved and we asked for other people's opinions and I think that really was a thing that people I mean, hadn't experienced before. I the very nature of film is collaborative. Should be, much yeah. Much more so than a play. But it's not, you know? but it's, it seems to be, you know, sometimes it's not very collaborative because you have some, you know, you're just sort of one person's calling the shots and isn't particularly interested sometimes right, right. in other people's But opinions. always that person has someone they go to. Right. Whether it's their editor or their DP or their script super, there's always someone that they right. confide in and they... Yes. take into consideration but they don't have to but they might be just whispering at their <laughs> monitors rather than talking to, yes, to, the whole, to the whole crew there was also another thing I think was really interesting that we insisted on was having nice food because like, people weren't getting paid much so we just wanted to make sure that people had nice food to eat and yeah I feel like I learned that from Ron Howard on Backdraft because I mean obviously he had a huge budget on that but he he always seemed to feel it was important that people enjoy their food. And I remember it did make a difference. Like people really yeah. were happy to be there. So yeah, yeah we, it's, it's, I think we turned, we took all the little lessons we had learned from other things yes. that made us feel happy and loved and appreciated and, and free. And also le- learned from, to instill them. learned from the mistakes that we saw other directors or, or that we saw on other sets of, how how so easily it can go wrong and people right. don't feel happy and don't feel appreciated and don't right. feel like coming don't to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's really good like that too. Do you remember there was one thing <laughs> after we finished the film, uh, because we had all these pictures that uh, that Jennifer Beals had taken of our wedding and all these things, that, that there was some point in post-production and we were running out of money and the studio wasn't going to give us more money for the music, I think, for the music, uh, buying all these songs that we wanted to have in it because we had a really great soundtrack. Um, and so yeah. we decided and and we sort of threatened the studio with this. But we, we thought what we'll do is 
We'll pretend we actually got married and we'll sell our story to Hello Magazine with all these photographs. <laughs> so it'll look like we really, and we'll, so we'll give the exclusive to Hello Magazine, we'll get all this money, then we'll use that for the, to finish the production of the film. Uh, and then, oh, and then, so like before the film comes out, we can get divorced, or you know, pretend to get divorced, or something, or, or afterwards mm-hmm. get divorced, and we get more money for the next film or whatever. And so we kind of God, that would have been great. Such a good idea, such a good idea. And, and it was at that time when all those magazines, like Hello and, and Okay and everything, they would totally have bought it. But the studio, when we when they discovered we were going to do that, they gave us the money. So it actually was, it worked. That's nice. Yeah, it, it worked. It worked. And we and we were not opposed to actually, we were we seriously considered doing it. Yeah. It wasn't like a, yeah. a veiled, it wasn't a pretend threat. It was a real. No. And also at the time, I remember there, there used to be those, remember, because Fine Line had the a new line, the offices were on Robertson. There was a little sort of little area with little benches and things right outside we used to sit there and discuss things after after screenings we'd sort of and i remember a few times we got papped and the british tabloids were thinking we were having an affair and there was uh there was oh nice yes so i think it would it was all it was all oh i do remember that i do remember that because it was right across the street from the ivy that's right so and they're always outside the ivy looking for people to shoot and i remember it was one that said alan and alan and jennifer were you know passionately and uh, talking to each other and we're all over each other and we were I had my arm around you we were walking away and my was I had my thing I was picking my nose I had my finger at one of my nostrils oh god <laughs> it was that's so hilarious. tragic that's hilarious do you remember uh when we were pitching it and it went we had all these we didn't have that many pitches but they all went really well and like we made a, a studio executive cry one time which we we're very proud of we we're very pleased with ourselves we made this person cry a man cry <laughs> and then another time, and I'm not sure if it was them, if it was the if it was the crying one, but they they like said we want to buy it. Like basically, by the time we got home, they that was that was yeah that, that was, was them. New line. And they were like, no, was yeah. it? Was it? You know, oh, well, it wasn't. Then there was another. There was another lot wanted I to buy it, like Sony Classics or something or whatever they were called. They uh-huh. wanted to buy it, but they said, but we but we wanted to have a happy ending, and uh, we were going. It is a happy ending. The dog comes back. <laughs> it's in the story. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that everything? Yeah, in the story, uh, the dog, which our dog goes missing, because the gate's left open and the dog goes out, and we, that makes us the only time we leave the the house is we're for to go up Runyon Canyon looking for the dog, and there's sort of Jennifer and I are are uh, we are uh, having a fight, uh, a really awful fight actually, and then and and also Gwyneth Paltrow's character and. Uh, this other actor called Michael Payne's there having a sort of romance uh, uh, kind of a sort of counterpointed but that's the only time we leave the 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 garden in this house and the dog was played by your dog the lovely Otis 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 what a darling dog he won the palm dog tell us about the what the palm dog is palm dog it was the first year that they had the award for palm dog at Cannes and um Otis won it was uh so it's like the palm door but it's uh, the palm dog so it's like it's like a a, an award for the best performance by a dog in a film yeah and it says palm dog on the collar in gold and which I have did you go to the ceremony um yeah there was a little ceremony but Otis couldn't come because he was not in France. He was in America. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't going to, he doesn't love flying. Um, Such a cutie. 
But I've got that beautiful picture that uh, he did so well. So good, in, uh, he did so, so good. Well, with the filming, yeah. So he's not like a movie dog, no. he's a show dog. And, and you got him some training, and he didn't would, you? We did do lots of training, but he also would run off. Like Otis was notorious for, if he was off leash, chasing a deer or chasing a rabbit, and then being gone for hours upon hours upon hours and searching for him forever. So that was all based on, yeah, well, yeah. Not not the fight, of course, but the anxiety of having him not have run off and not be able, not know where he is in these massive canyons. That was all um, based on. And then I, I've got I've got that I have a, I have that beautiful photograph that Jennifer Beals took of him. It looks like some sort of gorgeous. I know. I love that stunning. Picture. It's, it's so like a beautiful. painting. Some really sort of medieval yeah. painting almost, like well, those dogs curled up on a tapestry. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. He was such a lovely dog. Such a sweetheart. I'm jealous that you have that. We have been, um, haven't we, just mooting the idea of doing a sequel. We were supposed to, we were thinking of doing mm-hmm. it 20 years on, but we've missed that. So it'll have to be 25 years old. Yeah, which is maybe a good thing. (laughs) Um, And now, you know, after COVID, there's so much uh, to mine. Um, Yes. And to think about. I mean, I think some of the ideas we had, it's it's, it's so so interesting to see where those characters are 25 years later. And the, the lovely thing is that the kids are now in their late 20s. And uh, actually, is Owen even 30 yet? Is he 30? Um, I don't think so. Not quite. Uh, So Kevin and Phoebe's kids are, yes, they're big grown-ups. And and I think it's just some of the ideas we had, I think, were you know, we we made it. uh, We had things to say about relationships and about Hollywood and stuff like that at the time. And I think what we were talking about, it was really interesting about the things we wanted to say about relationships and Hollywood as well uh, now. Right. I, it was really, really interesting. I was thinking the other day, you know that thing about getting older and giving less of a fuck? Mm-hmm. Have you found that? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> but what do you mean when you say it? I mean, like, just in terms of, in the story that we were thinking, the characters that we are, play, that we are playing and the, the sort of lives we gave them, it was, I thought it was really fascinating. We were, we sort of, they 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 gave less less of a fuck than they did in the first film. Do you know what I mean? They were very concerned about yes, their, yes. their careers and their where their what their status was. Yeah, they're was. just in such a different place in their life. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice to sort of moot those ideas. It'll and, be really interesting. It will be fun to sit down again and talk about it. I remember we we thought about that having sort of uh, uh, sort of some mentalism in as part of the film and. So then we went mm-hmm. to see Darren Brown. Remember, we went to see him in, in on Broadway, and uh, remember at the yes. I- interval at the intermission, someone came up and said, "Oh, you know, um, uh, Darren has noticed you in the, in the audience. I would like you to come back afterwards." And I was like, "Oh, oh my God, it's magic! He knows we're here." Yeah, that was so much fun. It was. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you keep in contact with him at all? Yes, I did actually. Yes, he came to our house and nice. thing and had drinks one night and uh, and then also since then I've been uh, working with this I've been I've ex- actually executive produced this show this mentalism show there's a, a mentalist called Jason Siran and he's been doing this thing called Reconnected and it's like a thing during COVID 
that he, you know, he would do lot. He, he used to do lots of mentalism shows in the theatre and stuff like that, and parties and all that. And now he do, does one on Zoom, and it's 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 the whole thing is about you know trying to reconnect with an audience and people reconnect together again, even though we can't all get together and and to, and doing that through sort of magicy things. And it's that sounds very interesting. Really, so you produce that? Yeah, I I I, I, I executive executive produced it. I hope we make more magic soon, Jennifer Jason Me Lee. Too. And uh, Me too. it's been lovely taking this little walk down memory lane with you. And thank you for coming on Alan Cumming Shelves. And thank you for giving me that box all those years ago. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for everything. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this anniversary party redux version of my podcast. And I hope you'll come back next time for more fun and japes on Alan Cumming Shelves. Alan Cumming Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming, duh, and produced by the lovely Jack Claremont. We are part of the ACAST Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We just love networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is... Unaccountable. It's a podcast fighting for police accountability in the United States. It's a podcast that tells the stories of innocent people who've been killed by the police, just like George Floyd, but also people like Mohammed Muhaimin, Shacey House and Carrie Illidge. And so many more you haven't heard about, but you really should have. The stories can be difficult to listen to, but this could be the most important podcast you'll ever hear. It's a podcast fighting for change, and we need to join that fight. Just search for Unaccountable in your podcast app now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 